Did you know that right now there's a group of people running the business of their dreams? They are respected leaders in their field, working with clients they love and serving them profitably. Now, are they famous? Depends on who you ask. They're not signing autographs at the grocery store or taking selfies every five minutes. They're not trying to be everywhere on social media. Yet when they show up at trade events and conferences, they are recognized and sought after. They're the ones everyone else looks up to. They're the next generation of thought leaders in their space. So what's their secret? Well, they've become famously influential to the right people, and so can you. Today, we'll dig into the story of one of these leaders and deconstruct how they became micro-famous. You won't just come away inspired, you'll come away with a new strategy and a new way of thinking. So while your competition is scattered, chaotic, and chasing every shiny object, you can move forward with confidence and clarity. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, agency founder and author of Microfamous. And if you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a special conversation for you today because we are talking about the power of communication in your coaching and consulting. We're talking a little bit about the difference between coaching and consulting. And we have a really great guest here today who's a fellow podcast host. He's a leadership coach and a conflict transformation specialist and someone who's done an incredible deep dive into the world of mindful communication. In fact, that is the name of his podcast. So the guest today is Jonathan Miller. And we had a really deep, interesting conversation that I think if you're in the coaching business um, specifically, you're going to get a lot out of this because you will hear some things that I think will be extremely helpful in your practice of how you work with clients and how you uncover some of the issues that they're dealing with. If you are thinking about getting into coaching and, and consulting and you're not sure of the difference between the two and which side of it to get into or how to kind of present yourself. There are some really great things that we go into in terms of what coaches are expected to deal with versus consultants, which I think will help you figure out which one of them you want to be. If you're also the type of coach that you're already coaching people and you're frustrated with the fact that they won't take action, we get into some of the things that hold people back and how mindful communication can help uncover and resolve some of those issues so that they actually can move forward and become uh, less frustrating clients, basically. And, and, and reach their goals. Um, so there's a lot that we dig into. We also talk about the role, just from a practical marketing perspective, of where his podcast sits into his ecosystem of how he attracts clients. What's working, what's not working, what the benefits have been, you know, where some of his clients come from in indirect ways from the fact that he hosts a podcast and gets featured consistently and kind of executes a lot of the things that we talk about uh, on the podcast. So without further ado, here is leadership coach and the host of Mindful Communication, Jonathan Miller. Jonathan, officially welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. I am super pumped for you to be here. So we connected on LinkedIn. We've got a bunch of stuff that we could potentially talk about, but the main thing I want to focus on, especially at the start, is the, the focus on communication and kind of how you zeroed in on that. Because both you and your wife are professional coaches. You travel all over the world. You work with clients from everywhere. So you, you've got a bunch of different ways that you could reach new clients and tons of different probably types of clients that you could work with because you've got a skill set that is, uh, has a lot of different applications. So walk me through the process a little bit of how you made the decision of what type of coaching you were going to do and who you're going to coach. The decision for the type of coaching, it actually started pre-coaching. It was more of a general interest in communication. And there's a whole story around that. Um, that if we have time, I can, I can take you through right now. Yeah, do it. It actually all started in a 1984 GMC Vandura. Not sure if you've seen one of these things, but it is an old school van. It's got a pop top, a little kitchenette inside, okay. couch, a bed that turns into you know, a little eating area. And my partner, uh, my wife, her name is Laura. Uh, we were 
you know, together at the time, we'd always dreamed of taking this big road trip all around North America, checking out national parks, checking out all the cool cities, hovering over San Diego, places like that. And so we planned to do that. We saved up our money for two years. We quit our jobs and we set off. And the intention was for me was to take a break from the nine to five, reconfigure what is it that I'm doing with my life. I was in my late 20s. And underneath it also was like, who is this woman that I'm going to potentially be with for the rest of my life? I spent lots of time with her on vacation. We lived together, but you know, 40 plus hours a week apart. Mm. Maybe this is going to be a great opportunity to get to know each other better. And I remember the night that we left, we were so excited. We were staying with my mom just because we got rid of our apartment, got rid of most sure. of our stuff. Staying with my mom. She's like, just stay one more night. You can leave in the morning. We're like, no, we got to go. And we left that night and we were giggling and laughing and so excited. And that lasted for about three days. <laughs> because okay. when you put two full-size adults in a tiny space like that, mm-hmm. there is, there, you're all up in each other's personal space. Yeah. And uh, that was really concerning for me. We had a, a year ahead of us and already... You know, we, we had a decent relationship. I mean, we didn't like full on fight. We would bicker, we would argue, just, you know, the usual yeah. things that you can expect in any, you know, any couple. And uh, I was really concerned because it had never happened before. And all of a sudden it was happening a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it really came to one night when we were cooking dinner. I was sitting there cutting some vegetables. She was minding the stove. And I said, hey, Laura, can you pass me that potato? And she looks over at me and she says, I'm doing something right now. Can't you see? And I was totally taken back. Okay. And so was she. Mm. And it's odd because that wasn't the first time that that happened. That was actually a pattern. I don't remember what the other times before it happened. It probably happened a couple times before. I probably felt a little defensive. I probably just got really quiet or maybe I said some snarky remark back. But this time I took a step back and said, what was that? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know why I, I reacted like that. That's so odd. And we sat down and we analyzed the situation. We're like, okay, what happened? What really happened that had that reaction? Because this is a pattern. We got to get to the bottom of this. And what we uncovered was what she heard and what I said and what I meant to say were all completely different things. Right. So when I, I said, pass me the potato, what did she hear? She heard, stop what you're doing and pass me that potato immediately. What I said was pass me the potato. What I meant was whenever you get a chance, you can pass me that potato. What was said was pass me that potato. I meant one thing, she heard another thing, and what was said was completely different. And we deduced that it came from our backgrounds and assumptions and beliefs that were at play from the way we were brought up. But at the end of the day, I said one thing, she heard another, miscommunication, and then there was a breakdown that happened. And so we came up with a plan. I would commit to being more specific about when I needed things. I'd say, when you have a moment, it's this habit, this language, the communication habit that I actually still have to this day. Yeah. And she would, on the other hand, partner with me. She would cut me some slack. She would ask me for clarifications whenever it was needed. And the problem disappeared within days. Wow. And there I am. I'm like, wow, there is something about this communication thing. I had no idea. Because I worked in a corporate environment. I was a project manager at a really big company. I worked with dozens of people a day, tons of different functional teams. And 
honestly, I was very friendly. So I got along really well with most people. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, there were those difficult people, mm-hmm. right? And they yeah. were incredibly difficult. So, so difficult. Not me. I wasn't difficult. They were the difficult <laughs> ones. Right. Well, of course, when I made a plan to dive into this communication stuff, I started to realize that mm, I wasn't as good of a communicator as I thought. Mm-hmm. And I started to put into practice a lot of these different things that I was learning. I practiced with my wife, hurt her feelings a bunch of times, bless her. Yeah. I was also you know, going to campsites, trying really weird things with people. I didn't really care. I was super into this. And what came out of this was this deep understanding of the impact of communication and my ability to be in relation with other people. So okay. not only did I have this new exceptional relationship with my partner coming back from this amazing trip that we took together, but I also started to notice after I got back some shifts in the way that I was relating to my family, to my friends. And that's when I knew that this communication thing would be at the base of everything that it is that I do. And mm-hmm. so it started with kind of a, a teaching, a teaching kind of uh, lifestyle around that. And then eventually I got super into personal development, got, did, some, did some seminars, got my own coach. Uh, did coach training, all that kind of stuff. And that's when the coaching aspect really came into play along with communication. Got it. And okay, so first of all, who's your bread and butter client? And then I want to know, well, what's, what's the pain that causes them to come to you? Because most people probably don't think that their problem is communication until they run into someone like you. That would be my guess. So who's the bread and butter client and what's the catalyst for why they reach out to someone like you? Bread and butter clients have typically been entrepreneurs and who are interested in making an impact. That's just who I've tended to attract and who I love working with because that's what I'm interested as well. In terms of a vision and what they want to create in their life, um, they, they have in the past had that vision already. I don't need to necessarily build that with them in any way. That's something that they kind of have an idea of. Maybe they don't know exactly the stepping stones and what that looks like. And yeah, like you said, it's funny enough, I'm a communication coach and very few people have really started to start conversations with me around communication. It's typically been around um, accountability, mindset blocks, shifts. But at the end of the day, what is funny is that I would say in my experience, about nine tenths of the issues that my clients are deal- dealing with are just difficult conversations. Hmm. I, can't, I can't even tell you how many times... I've been in a coaching session and we'll talk about an issue that they're having. Mm-hmm. Say, all right, well, what's going on X? They'll say, oh, you know, like this person again, da, 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 da. Well, what is it that you would, what is it that you would really like to say to them? Well, I'd really like to say this to them. And then like literally midway through, they're like, I should probably just tell them that, shouldn't I? I'm like, yeah, you prob- probably should. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those realizations that once you talk it out, you just realize that, We spend all this time avoiding these difficult conversations when the easiest thing is to just have that 10 minutes of sweatiness and that uncomfortable, you know, feeling. And then just, it just works so smoothly at the end where we're just being authentic and real with people. So that's been my experience so far with that. Got it. Okay. So there's definitely that, that internal drive based on like this transformative life experience for you, which is awesome. So that really settled you in the type of coaching that you wanted to do. Um, and you mentioned the people, you know, they, they don't necessarily come to you with the intention 
that they feel like they need the communication coaching part of it. So from, um, I guess from a marketing perspective, um, what do you, what would you like to be known for so that you attract the right people? Does the, does talking about the mindful communication stuff, does that attract the right people to you? So far it has. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm pivoting also to talk more about leadership in general. I'm Mm -hmm. particularly interested in the aspect of self leadership because I think the best leaders are those who lead their lives really well. And communication, I believe, is the tool of the leader. The leader's ability to talk to themselves, to talk to others. Um, And I truly believe that the world around us arises in language. Consider the possibility that we as human beings, as subjective creatures, don't have access to an objective reality. We simply do. We can't, we, we can't access that. Mm-hmm. And it is through our language that we create that. And so our language in that sense, it limits us and makes things possible. I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm not saying that that's how right. it works. I'm saying that this is a perspective with which I operate in. And with, what that perspective enables for me is really seeing the true power of language and using that as a tool to create what I want in my life and what my clients end up creating for themselves in their lives as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's so funny you say that because while, while we were talking about the, the communication elements, I, w- I was thinking to myself, you know, the way that we communicate with other people, we like, like you have those experiences that reveal, oh, wait a minute, I'm not a good communicator. And what's funny is we rarely turn that on ourselves and apply the same lesson to how we communicate with ourselves. That's one of the things that I've been paying more attention to is how, how do I lead myself? How do I talk to myself? How, do, how does my conscious mind treat the subconscious mind? And you start to realize that there's things that you say to yourself and the way that you lead yourself, you would call yourself a bad leader if you saw you do, like if you observed yourself treating somebody else that way like somebody on your team. If you talk to somebody on your team the way you talk to yourself, you would go, oh, that's being a bad leader. And what's interesting is, yeah, I think that's, that there's a big problem there. And I think that's a little bit easier for people to recognize that they suffer from that, if that makes sense. So I, I, yeah, that makes sense to get into talking about the leadership part because people recognize, oh, wow, I'm, I'm leading myself really terribly and I'm, I'm sabotaging myself and my own goals. Absolutely. And it's really hard to see that. It's mm-hmm. much easier to see it in others. It's like really obvious. Oh, when we, when we the, think they're a bad communicator. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but having the awareness to notice yourself that you have those kinds of thoughts about yourself, um, not only is that challenging to be aware of, it's also challenging to be with sometimes. And we maybe have automatic reactions. We kind of dismiss that or push it away. Mm-hmm. There's lots of unhealthy habits that who knows where we picked it up. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, most of our communication and a lot of these habit patterns that we've developed from a very young age are unconscious and unintentional. Mm -hmm. If you think about where, let me ask you a question, where did you learn how to speak English? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always from your parents. Yeah, it's usually from your parents or society or whatever it is. And then they learned how to speak it from their parents Mm -hmm. and society and whatever. And so you have this thing that's just been passed down and it's not really thought about. So like a lot of these systems that are in place as a default 
Um, you know, we're, racism is a huge topic of conversation right now. We have these systems that oppress people in our communities. Um, it's just the default. It's just already there. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we're aware of until all of a sudden it moves from this thing that we don't know that we don't know. And it becomes something that we now know that we don't know. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's how I'm talking to myself. Yeah. That's, I'm kind of, I'm using those words to encourage myself mm-hmm. to not celebrate my successes, all those things um, unconsciously and very importantly, unintentionally as well. And it sounds like you've kind of had some of those reflections for yourself recently as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say it helps to have a coach that can point that out because when, when they press into a problem, when, when a coach puts their finger on a problem and they get you talking about it, things come out of you that you wouldn't consciously think if it was just you dealing with it internally in your head. And you'll say things that'll come out of a place, they'll come out of your subconscious. And the coach can put his finger on and go, oh, that's back back up a little bit. What did you just say? Because that's something you've never said before. And you realize, wow, I've never consciously thought of that before. That came straight out of somewhere. And you realize, wow, I didn't realize that I believed that. Or I didn't realize that I had that limiting belief or something like that. And it comes out a lot of times in external conversation with somebody that knows what they're doing. I remember my business coach telling me uh, shortly after we started working together uh, that he said, look, half of the work that I do, sometimes more, is helping entrepreneurs deal with their personal relationships outside the business because yeah. it's actually that stuff that's the real limiting factor on whether their business grows or not. And it's, yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing to think about, but it's, it's true. It's all the personal stuff. The way we show up in anything is the way we show up in everything, right? Yeah. We're just, we're just a bunch of brain patterns. That's what we are. And so the brain does not, although we think it discriminates in context, it really doesn't. The context doesn't matter. It's this behavioral pattern and it'll show up in different costumes and disguises, but it's always going to be there. You know, I grew up, I grew up most of my life with this like crazy scarcity context that I'm still like a a scarcity mindset that I'm still like, you know, working to step out of, I have deliberate practice to step out of it. And it's still this ongoing thing because it's such an ingrained pattern. And although there's some areas in my life where I've really stepped into abundance and away from scarcity, it just, it's, it's just crazy how it sneaks back in in like different ways. Like mm-hmm. I'll like, Oh, I had a breakthrough in the way that I see my time. Oh, I'm so abundant for time again. This is great. And like three weeks later without even realizing it, I'm like back into, <laughs> Oh, I'm like, I don't have enough time. In, but like in some different way that I can't see it. Right. And then I talked to my coach and yeah, yeah, exactly. It just creeps up on you. And it's just in this like sneaky other way. Um, because again, brain patterns, that's it. Not not really discriminating too much of context. Yeah, it's so true. And it's a really good thing to keep in mind, which is the way that you talk to other people stems from the way you talk to yourself and the way you talk to yourself is rooted a lot in your childhood and all that stuff. And the way that you show up in one of those places is the same way you show up in every place. Cause you take the same set. It's like a communication toolbox. You take the, you pick up and take the same toolbox wherever you go. So that makes sense. Um, tell me uh, like a little bit in terms of the, the difference that you want to make is that can you pin it down to one type of change that you'd like to make in your types of clients? Is it a change in the way that they talk to and deal with their, themselves internally, which then affects everything else? Is it giving them a different kind of toolkit for communication? What's that one biggest impact you feel like you can make? 
Yeah, I think you hit it spot on with that first idea. It's just how we relate to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That self-confidence, that self-esteem, you know, communication. There's, we were, I'm talking here, we're on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're, I mean, I know that we're, there's a lot of listeners here that are coaches. And so this is going to sound kind of like familiar and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But communication is not so much about the words that we're using. It's not about like the body language and the the tone. I'm not in a conversation being like, oh, look, they're, they're crossing their arms right now. That means that they must mean this. Oh, oh, I got to lower my voice. So I sound more authoritative. That's how I'm going <laughs> to do this. Or, oh, I got to make sure to avoid this word because it might trigger them. I'm not thinking about that stuff because then I'm not present. Right. Communication, the most effective communication is a way of being. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested in is transformation in terms of who my clients are being in the world because that's a juice of life, really. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, NLP has always troubled me in a way. And, and even listening to people that are really skilled at it, um, it's one of those things where it, it takes you out of the present a little bit. And all the things that NLP teach could be true. And I think there's absolutely real basis in fact there and in, in, in how we process language. But if you have to, like, if it, if it costs you being present in order to use those techniques, it almost, to me, it almost backfires in a sense, because you can almost, you can, you can tell immediately when someone shifts into trying to use that language because it's different from their regular pattern and it's not ingrained into who they are. It's just a tactic that they're using. And I understand there's some, you know, maybe growth and development that has to happen, but yeah, I, I would I would much rather err on the side of being authentic and changing who I'm being in the conversation than change the the language of the tactics. Yeah, because uh, I think that ends up the result ends up just being better. And I think if you happen to have said something that might trigger somebody, if you're being the right person in that conversation, they're probably more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt and just kind of skim over the being triggered part. Yeah. There's actually a few things I'd love to share on that because one thing comes yeah. up for me when you're sharing is it's this idea of communicating in order to, in order mm-hmm. to, like to strategize, mm-hmm. like to convince or manipulate or something like that. Mm-hmm. That is, it's just like a, it's like you're surviving. It's like a survival mechanism. And it's a very inauthentic way of communicating because there's some sort of thing going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate that you use the word authentic because you know, one piece, a huge piece of authenticity for me and how, and listen, I I have my moments of inauthenticity. I am no, I am no saint here. We all do, right? Telling white lies or whatever it is that comes out. And the more and more you're aware of those, the more and more you realize how often you do it. That's at least my experience. (laughs) One huge piece for me uh, that has made a big difference is really uh, being a person of integrity really living into my word as much as humanly possible has given me a confidence and a willingness to really be that authentic person, to be totally straight. And I had some call it a radical honesty. I just call it honesty. Mm -hmm. Um, I find makes a huge difference in one's ability to communicate. And um, the biggest cost of being not an integrity and not an integral person is that you end up lying to yourself and that's how you erode that confidence so i find that that's a huge piece um and uh ends up being a topic of conversation maybe not directly but within coaching sessions quite often it's about that integrity piece 
Yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about that because I realized that I was going back and reading some stuff on positive self-image, uh, like stuff that Maxwell Maltz wrote in the 60s, the author of Psycho-Cybernetics, and he wrote some other really great books that I was just kind of getting into. And just realizing that you, you can try to attack your self-image directly by telling yourself better things, or you can change your day-to-day behavior so that your self-perception changes over time. And I think I accidentally stumbled on that as a strategy and it worked way better because I could have yeah. given myself positive self-talk till the cows come home. What really built confidence was exactly what you said. It was becoming more of a person of integrity. And when I say, I'm going to work out today, I work out today, come hell or high water. And once I made that shift and I started keeping those really small promises to myself, then I started to see the self-perception change. And I noticed that in the past, when I didn't have that self-perception and that self-confidence, a lot of it was, I was living in those times when I was betraying my own word to myself. And you know, whether you want to admit it or not, you know that you're doing that. You know when you're lying. Your subconscious knows, and it makes note of that. Yeah. Right. So it's a very, very slippery slope to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people, at least from a coaching perspective, there's a lot of struggle with that. So if you're in the business coaching or consulting space, like you're going to run into, into these issues, like all these self-communication, self-leadership, self-image issues. Um, you know, I hear a lot of, and I'm sure you do too, if you chat with a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches that complain about clients that don't take action right? I just want to tell you to do something and you do it. You're like, that's not how the world works because that, you've got people that have all their own limiting beliefs. And if you're not willing to wade into that with them, then go be in a consultant, go be an advisor, but don't call yourself a coach because that's, that's the messy part. Like that's the part that actually gets people to take action. Like you got to dive into this stuff. Absolutely. Not to mention anyone who has the thought of like, oh, I want you to do this, then it's not about them. It's about you. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Which I think is a big difference between coaches and consultants. Consultants want to be consulted. They want somebody to ask them, what's the answer? I give you my opinion, my strategy, my methodology, my intellectual property, and you go implement. And I go off and tell other people <laughs> what to do, which is fine. I think there's, there's a place for both. I mean, sometimes, exactly. I mean, you, like you're in business. Sometimes you just want, you're like, look, I'm going to implement. I'm fine. I just need somebody to give me the insight on what is not a waste of time and what's a good strategy. And then I'm going to walk away and I'm going to implement. And if you're in that position, go hire a consultant because that's the best answer for you. You don't need someone to draw the answer out of you. Like if I'm trying to decide whether to do a podcast or get involved in LinkedIn, I just need an expert who knows if that's a good strategy or not. And then I'm going to go implement. But yeah, that's just it. it. So you can be the same person in each of those situations. And I think we need to recognize that in our clients too, that they can be that same person in two very different situations. Absolutely. And it really just depends on Exactly like you said, what is it that the client actually needs? Are they clear mm-hmm. what they need? And if not, you can, you can coach them around that. Well, yeah. what's going to have you be clear in terms of which one? Let's explore that. And you can explore. And maybe coaching is not right for them. I, you know, there's, I just spoke to someone two weeks ago and just, it was very obvious within like, you know, I had this discovery call and within like 15 minutes, I can tell this person doesn't want to coach. This person wants to be told what to do. And so we mm-hmm. teased that out found out what it is that she wanted to work on. And, and, and actually, I had someone perfect in mind for her. So I put them together because <laughs> it's going to serve her better. And it just worked yeah. out wonderfully. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, and, and what's been just at a very practical level, where do you find most people 
come across you, find you, discover you online? What's been your best just kind of place to be present, be visible and attract clients? It's been uh, mainly on my podcast, the Mindful Communication Podcast. I've been running that for about a year and a half. So I've gained quite a following on that. So Mm -hmm. if if our listeners are not running a podcast, you should definitely talk to Matt about it because it is a great way to promote your business and promote yourself and establish yourself as an authority on whatever subject matter you would like to, uh, which has been a huge benefit for me. Not to mention, I've met tons of really cool industry experts, amazing connections that have paid off for me as well. Um, so definitely there. Um, before COVID hit, actually, my, my other big driver of uh, clients was in-person workshops, just oh, okay. getting in front of people. Uh, I found that there are two games that coaches can play. There's the in-person game and then the online game. And the online, the online game is much more competitive and you want to be much more clear about your messaging, who it is that you're talking to, what their pain points are, all that kind of stuff. With the in-person game, which is where I excel at, I don't need to focus in quite as much. I can be a little bit more general and people hire me for my beingness, who I'm being in front in those presentations. You know, I, I, um, we're talking here, you're in San Diego, I'm in Cape Town, South Africa obviously by my accent, not from here, originally right. from Toronto, Canada. I moved here in January, 2020, about a month and a half before the country went into the, one of the strictest lockdowns on the planet. Yep. And uh, in that month and a half, I actually managed to land, we'll call it a gig, but I managed to uh, locate this company that was doing these regular meetups for entrepreneurs. And I went to one, met a few people, met the event manager and said, Hey, you know, I'm a communication leadership coach. I can do a little presentation about some of the stuff I do. He said, great, that sounds awesome. And so I did this presentation in front of four entrepreneurs and lo and behold, one of them became my clients. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't around communication. This person wanted to start, <laughs> yeah. this, wanted to, this person wanted to be a coach and start a coaching business. Oh, so okay. that's what we ended up working on. And we've been working on together since. Interesting. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I couldn't have said it better. Just the online game, you just it's it's more competitive. And and so the answer to that is you you have to be more specific. Whereas in person, you can you're absolutely uh, 100% correct. You get hired on who you are being because people want to get around you. They want that energy in their life, in their company, whatever the case is. And I think that's um unfortunately, we're in a world where we talked about this before you hit record where there's a lot of people that are being thrust into entrepreneurship by necessity. I think there's a lot of coaches and consultants that are being thrust into the online game by necessity where they actually excel at in-person and they're just trying to survive. And I, my heart goes out to them because you may not want to, you know, like if you're, if you're doing coaching for the fulfillment and the impact, you may not want to narrow down to, to where you can be super successful online and build a seven-figure group coaching business. That may just not be your bag. You may just want to coach a very diverse range of 15 to 20 people and they're all in different industries and you get the, all this incredible fulfillment out of coaching them and, and helping them get to wildly different goals. And if you're that type of person, hang on because the events will come back. The in-person networking will come back. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you just got to hang out hang out until then. And I would say, like you talked about starting a podcast, at least in the meantime, or being a guest on podcasts is the best way to get a little bit of that in-person effect where you get hired for who you're being. So I love that. Do you find there's more the audience that hires you or is the people that you end up having chats with as a guest on the show? Do they then turn around and hire you? 
It has been uh, multifold. Um, yeah. I haven't actually had any of my guests become any clients. Mm-hmm. I have been very selective about my guests. They are all very well, well-to-do authors and mm-hmm. thought leaders and none of them yeah, have quite needed need my coaching services yeah. yet, <laughs> right. yet, for the time being. Yeah. Um, I've had actually a lot of success, a lot of success. I've had success actually um, being on other people's podcasts yep. and working with podcast hosts. Um, yep, that makes sense. Entrepreneurial people starting podcasts and just one conversation leads to another and yeah, we start working together. So that has, that has helped. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been my experience with podcasting. The biggest thing for me, honestly, though, the intention behind it initially was to just uh, spread the word about yeah. you know, mindful communication podcasts is about communication love communication. I think it's going to change the world if we all knew how to communicate more mindfully. And so that's what the main purpose of the podcast was always about, still is. And it again, establishes me as an authority. I get to meet all these cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, and those connections ultimately result in all sorts of other things, collaborations, connections, um, you know, mentors, all sorts of things. So that's kind of been... Um, the journey. I don't know if that was, I don't think that was the question. And that's been my journey with the podcast. No, that's, that's a hundred percent. It's, it's been very, very similar to my journey. Um, I mean, I met my business coach because I booked him on a podcast. Um, my, my co-host on my real estate show has hired multiple people, various coaches that we've had because yeah, I mean, you just, you get into these incredible 45 minute, really deep conversations with somebody and you realize, man, I want to have that person in my life. I want, I want that person's brain, uh, to be regularly accessible. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we've, we've done it. We've been the podcast host that's hired the coach. We, I've been the person that brings somebody on and then they hire me behind the scenes. Uh, I've had the audience hire me. And I think one of the overlooked parts is, is the referrals, the collaborations, the things that you mentioned that you can't really quite pin down, but you start just building a network of people and then good things happen. And all of a sudden, they'll, you get that email out of the blue that says, hey, you know, I've been on your email list for like six months. I remember we talked back then and I got somebody that I think is good for you. And then the next thing you know, you got a client. And yeah, it kind of came from the podcast, but it was super indirect, but it wouldn't have happened without you having a podcast. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a combination of like all the above. So that, that makes total sense to me. It matches very well. Um, so what's the best place for people? You mentioned the podcast, which people can get on all the usual platforms. And then what's the website and the best place for people to kind of get into your world? Mindfulcommunication.me. You'll include that in the show notes. I got mm-hmm. two great resources there. One's a free four-part video training series. Um, how, to resolve, how to transform any and all conflict in your life. No kidding. It is an awesome awesome resource. I highly recommend checking it out. And the other one is my Tough Talks Made Easy Conflict Assessment Tool. If there's a difficult conversation in your life that you have been avoiding, that you've been putting off and you want some help with that, it's a 45-minute consultation call with me and we find your most natural, powerful way to have that conversation with confidence, with ease, and you can use the promo code MICRO50 for 50% off so you can stop avoiding that difficult conversation, <laughs> actually have it, find that piece you're looking for. Um, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn if that's something that you're interested in connecting me with there. Awesome. Well, this has been the exact opposite of a difficult conversation, which I very much appreciate. And hopefully people uh, take advantage of that. And thanks for the, uh, the, the discount and the code and all that stuff. That's really, really smart. Just from a marketing perspective, that's really smart. Um, I tell people always have a very low barrier entry, like a way to get into your email list and get something for free. And then a way to hire you per like that was, that was perfect spot on. So mindfulcommunication.me. 
That's the one. Awesome. Jonathan, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Micro Famous Podcast. If you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, connect with us at getmicrofamous.com. It's the best way to take the next step to implementing the Micro Famous strategy in your business so you can attract an audience, build influence, and become the Micro Famous leader you're meant to be. And we'll see you on the next episode.